You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, we just got done with the postgame show, and we know they won 120-99 to against the Washington Wizards. Uh, having some fun this Knicks season where I am contributing to the Knicks pregame show, and each Knicks pregame show I am uh, submitting a three-leg same-game parlay. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not doing so hot. By the way, we have uh, Julian and Chantel who are producing the show tonight. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm great. I'm sore. I've, I've played uh, an extraordinary number of hours of pickleball this week just because the weather has been absolutely gorgeous. So I want to soak up all of this phenomenal weather uh, before it really starts getting bad, so uh, so I'm 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 a little sore, but uh, other than that, it's 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 a good sore though, right? Like, do you guys do you guys play sports? Do you work out? Do you know what I mean? You you know what I mean by like a good sore? Yeah, of course. I I work out maybe like four to six times a week lifting. Oh wow. Okay, and so you know what I'm talking about. You know when course. you know when you get into bed. Chantel, you know when you get into bed, it's it's like I don't know, I don't know what time you go to bed. It might be TMI, but uh, like I, by the time like I settle down, I feed the dogs, I do everything I need to do, finish up some work, whatever. I get into bed to like go to sleep, sleep, or watch whatever is the hottest thing on Netflix right now. And I and you 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 lay in bed and you just like and you let your body just like relax, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh man. I'm sore. Like everything hurts, right? Like your toenails hurt. Do you know that kind of sore? Of course. But then you say to yourself, "Ooh, but this is a good sore." Yeah. This is I'm sore, but this is a good sore. This is a sore because I've busted my ass this week, right? Yep. Left nothing on the table, like Kobe would say. Oh, God bless. Um, yeah. So, um, so I, I have a feeling. When it's all said and done and we're done with the show tonight and I make my way uh, into my bedroom and I lay down and I'm like, I just let my entire body relax. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, Anita, you kicked ass this week. It's that kind of sore. It's the kind of sore that tells you crap this week. And that's right about it, right? Anyway, okay. Enough about soreness. Uh, let's talk about my same game parlays that aren't hitting. So I'm so so I had the uh, I had the Knicks over team total. It was 113 and a half. That hit. Obviously, it's 120. Um, I had the Knicks minus four and a half. So obviously, that hit. They won by 21 points. But I had Mitch Robinson 10 rebounds, if not better. And he only had eight. I mean, come on. So frustrating. And, and I, I want to call this up. You know, the dude just, the dude averages. Let's, here we go. Um, yeah. I, this, this month alone. This month alone. November 1st, 16 rebounds. The 3rd, 15. The 6th, 15. The 8th, 12. And then, okay, you know, the 12th and 13th, he had six. The 12th, he only played 24 minutes. 
Well, here's here's why. He only played see he only played 27 minutes tonight because it was a blowout. But still 27 minutes and he got 8 rebounds. So that's that's why I lost it. I lost it cuz he didn't play over 30 minutes. So um but I'm really I'm I'm having a lot of fun this season with these Knicks same game parlays. Uh or or yeah, same game parlays. So and and, and typically what I'm doing is three legs. So unfortunately, I did not win tonight uh, because Mitch Robinson only had eight rebounds, but still only played 27 minutes. And obviously that's what happened. So there's that. But I'll have another one for you coming your way tomorrow, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, uh, let's take a look around some of the other scores in around the NBA. Don't forget, it's Friday. So, so in, in- Rewind and, and Chantel and, and Julie and I, I love for to, to hear you guys on this. Like, like I love the NBA in-season tournament. Um, of course, Joe and Harvey produced my show on Saturday. They, they're not fans of it. They could care less. They can't stand it. I love it. Um, I, I think it's great. I love, I love the change of the, the, the hardwood court. I love the different uniforms. Um, I love what it all means. I love that it, it, it amounts to something and it comes down to a winner and it comes down to an MVP of the in-season tournament. Like, I, I, I like it. I, I think it adds another dimension to the season. Are you guys, since you guys are producing the Knicks pre and post uh, and in-game and all of it, are, are you guys enjoying the uh, NBA in-season tournament? For now, it does. Or just... can you care less? does feel at the moment just like a regular game i think the closer you get to the those final games and once you get into the actual tournament it will feel more special but as of now it just kind of feels like a little special but like i could also live without it really interesting i I, I don't i don't know i don't get that sense at all i and the courts, the uniforms, and, and you know, obviously because I handicap, uh, knowing that these games take place on Tuesday and Friday. And it's Friday. So uh, so that's how I know. Um, I the Kings now, the Friday. Kings took care of the Spurs. Exactly. Uh, the Kings took care of the Spurs tonight. They won 129 to 120. Uh, if you were, were listening to, prior to this in-season tournament, uh, beginning, I told you that I thought that the Kings would be uh, a, a sneaky good play to either win their group or get in from the West as a wild card. And um, and, and sure enough, uh, they still have an opportunity to do that. Uh, Fox had 43 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. So the Kings took care of the Spurs tonight, 129-120. to 120. Celtics beat the Raptors 108 to 105. So now they're sitting 10 and 2 on the season. How about that? Celtics 10 and 2 on the season. Cavs over the Pistons. 76ers took care of the Hawks. Uh, Bucks beat the Hornets. So no surprises here. We've got a game coming your way at 10:30. That's the Rockets going up against the Clippers, who are 3 and 7. Uh, boy, I'm sure they are regretting uh, that trade. Um, for Harden because he's just a complete disaster. At 10 o'clock, uh, well, actually, it just started about 13 minutes ago, the Suns and the Jazz uh, getting at it, as well as the Lakers and the Trailblazers. So we'll keep you posted on that. Also, the Pelicans beating the Nuggets right now, 111-109 with about two minutes left in the fourth. 
Uh, the Magic and the Bulls, this is a good one. 92 to 90 with about four minutes left in the fourth as well. But again, the Knicks taking care of the Wizards, 120 to 99 tonight. Unfortunately for me, Mitchell Robinson, only eight rebounds um, where he's <laughs> he's averaging 12 a game. He only ended up with eight. But again, another reason uh, this was somewhat of a blowout. So uh, he didn't even play 30 minutes. So there's that. All right. Again, you're listening to Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. When we come back, uh, let's switch gears. Uh, let's talk some NFL. Let's get you ready for NFL Week 11. A lot has happened this week, especially in the AFC North. Has it not? So now Watson is out for the season. Uh, he's going to have to have surgery. And now Joe Burrow is out for Cincinnati. So because of his hand issue and, and all the drama surrounding that, were the Cincinnati Bengals hiding the injury? Did they not report it uh, to the NFL? Well, obviously they did not report it because uh, we would have known about it before last night's game and nobody had a clue. Uh, and then just the fact that he had some kind of like hand apparatus on his hand when he got off the bus. And then, oh, by the way, the Bengals delete the video after everyone saw it. Could you not be more guilty? Chances are the Bengals are going to lose some draft picks. What? I mean, what a poop show that is. But nonetheless, boy, this, uh, this AFC North division has gotten really interesting because here's another thing for you. Uh, Mark Andrews is out, as we know now. Ankle injury, done for the season. That changes the entire dynamic, believe it or not, how one tight end, but uh, he is the go-to guy for Lamar Jackson. So now it changes a lot for the Ravens. Does this open the door for a Steelers team to win the AFC North? Yeah, Listen, they win ugly. I'm not saying it's pretty, but they're winning. Okay, so uh, we'll, we'll dive into that. Also, we'll get you ready for the Jets and the Bills. Vic Carucci, who covers the Bills, uh, we'll hear from him coming your way on the show. Cynthia Freeland with some picks and plays, also talking some fantasy. And as always, Fat Jack will join us as well. So a lot coming your way. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776 is the phone number. Also, uh, coming your way at 1030 in about 15 minutes, we've got Colorado going up against Washington State. I have a pick for you in that game. I'll share that with you when we get back. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Like, I understand that teams and um, coaches don't want injury information out there, right? The, the, the least, the little your opponents know about you, the better your opportunity is to win the game. I, I, I 
to, to get that advantage. I totally get it. But in this day and age of gambling and where we are with the number of states that have legalized gambling, the number of people that are gambling on games, there, there, there needs to be, like, you need that information. You need to be transparent. You can't, you can't hide injuries, especially when it comes to quarterbacks of, of any position out there. No way, Jose. So, um, which, by the way, um, ESPN Bet was uh, one of the first sports books that refunded people uh, if they placed money on, on, on the Bengals. So uh, kudos to ESPN Bet. Not just saying that because obviously they're my employer. But um, what's, what's, what's only right is right. And uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals to conceal that type of injury, um, it just was, is, is not right on, with a, a number, a magnitude of reasons. So, um, so there's that. Uh, but looking at the AFC North right now, the Baltimore Ravens eight and three, the Pittsburgh Steelers six and three, along with Cleveland and Cincinnati is five and five, but Cincinnati is zero and three in the division. So pretty much Cincinnati donezo for the season, um, and 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 obviously a big reason because Joe Burrow now is done for the season as well. Uh, Cleveland is sitting at six and three. Very interesting game. They will go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Um, but with Deshaun Watson out and them rolling with a rookie quarterback, I've got them out. I think the Baltimore Ravens win the division. I know no surprise. I've been telling people for weeks now, watch out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to make it to the postseason. They're going to make it to the postseason. And uh, everyone pretty much laughed at me. Now, granted, do I have a crystal ball? Did I anticipate both Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow? Uh, getting nixed for the season on, on, on the same week? No, of course I didn't. Uh, and, and hate to see this happen. But even even with them active, I just, I, I feel like this Pittsburgh Steelers team, I, I know they win ugly, but they win. And out of all, three, all four of these teams in the AFC North, they've got the 17th easiest schedule still remaining. Cincinnati's got the most difficult schedule remaining. And Cleveland and Baltimore are up there as well. Like, like top 10 most difficult schedule remaining. So, uh, so I, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a sneaky, still st- a good, sneaky, good play to make it into the postseason, even though those odds, they were, they were plus money um, about seven days ago. So obviously that all changed. Uh, as for the AFC East, this is for the taking as well, at least for three teams. Uh, the Miami Dolphins sitting at six and three. They're taking on the Raiders this week, coming off of a bye. Miami is. Um, I think they're going to put up a ton of points against the Raiders. In fact, that's why one of my favorite bets is the Miami Dolphins team total over. Um, the Raiders, of course, uh, have won tw- twice, but that was against the Giants and the Jets. So nothing really to write home about there. Um, this offense is definitely a lot more um, aggressive and. Um, I mean, listen, the Miami Dolphins are averaging 30 points a game. So there's that. 
and I, and I think they'll be able to put up some solid points against the Raiders this week. I have Miami winning. So very interesting what we see and, and what we can anticipate from the Bills and the Jets. And uh, just to bring that number up for you right now and, and where that stands. So uh, so right now, the Bills are favored by seven. The over-under is 39 and a half. Um, so as we know, this is a Bills team that has gone through a lot of changes, right? In, in the last 48 to 72 hours. Um, they lost a very disappointing loss to Denver Broncos because of a special team's mishap. And so, folks, you know, again, I, I, I never want anyone to feel that I'm talking down to you. Not sure if you're aware of this, but um, in special teams, especially when a, a team is out there with, you know, you're trying to block a field goal, you're trying to prevent your opponent of kicking a field goal, there is always one person on the field who's responsible for counting to make sure that you don't have too many or too less on the field. If anybody should have been fired at the end of the game, it should have been that person, <laughs> that player who's responsible for counting the number of people that are on the field. And if uh, you count too many or too less, definitely too many, you called timeout because you're going to get a penalty. There's that. For Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, to be fired, I don't quite understand. If you look at statistically this Buffalo Bills team, they're number one, number two, top five in a plethora of categories. Okay? Uh, they, they have a, 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 an excellent offense. Where they have gone wrong is the fact that Josh Allen is throwing interceptions. Okay, well, why is that? It's a great question. Some people think what's going on with him personally. Broke up with some girl. They started dating some, some actress or some model. The girl that he broke up with has been um, uh, very aggressive with him on social media. Could it be that McDermott, his head coach, now has taken over the play-calling duties on the defense. So now he doesn't, he's not as hands on with Josh Allen. There's that. There, I'm, I'm sure there's a, reasons that we're not even privy to as to why Josh Allen now is the most interceptions in the NFL of all quarterbacks, even more so than Mac Jones. That's why the Buffalo Bills have been struggling and have not been winning games, on top of the fact that their defense has uh, suffered a lot of injuries and isn't uh, as great, although they've been solid, but not as great as we had anticipated at the start of the season. Losing Milano, losing Tredavious White, um, Elam, you know, their defense has taken a real big hit. But for Ken Dorsey to get fired doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense. Not deserving in regard to what happened. Like, they should have won that game. It's not Ken Dorsey's fault they had too many men out there on the field when the Denver Broncos tried to kick their first field goal. So now this is the Buffalo Bills firing their offensive coordinator, who Josh Allen was very close with on a short work week, and now they have to host the Jets coming in in that Jets defense? 
I, I have a lean here towards the Jets. I like them at plus seven and a half. It's at seven right now. So if I was to play this, I would buy it up to seven and a half. But I think the play here is the under at 39 and a half. Both, both, both these offenses have been struggling and both these defenses top 10 in red zone efficiency. Um, and I think Buffalo is going to struggle offensively, especially on a short work week after firing your offensive coordinator. So for me, the play is the under. Uh, when we come back, Vic Carucci is going to join us. Vic is a very dear friend of mine. I've known him forever in a day, and uh, he has covered the Buffalo Bills for over 20 years. He's got his finger on the pulse of this team better than most. And so uh, I, uh, let's, 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 do a deep, let's do a deeper dive into what's really going on here with the Buffalo Bills. We'll hear from Vic next. You're listening to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Guys, joining us, uh, he, he and I go way, way back. And that's Vic Carucci, who has his finger on the pulse of the Buffalo Bills better than most. So, Vic, we're so thrilled to have you on. How are you doing, my friend? I am great, Anita. Always great to be on with you. Uh, well, I, I certainly appreciate it. As we know, this is the game for the Jets this week, going up against the Buffalo Bills, coming off a very disappointing loss. And uh, as we know, they've made a ton of changes. So let's start right there. And Ken Dorsey who, by the way, Ken Dorsey and I go way back. I covered the University of Miami Hurricanes when he was the quarterback. And at one point in time, I played, this is after his career, I played in a flag football tournament where I quarterbacked the men's team and he played opposite me and he was quarterbacking the men's team that we were going up against. So um, so I go way back with Ken and the comments that we heard from, from Josh Allen and his disappointment and sadness in that Ken Dorsey's gone, uh, just talk about the decision that was made and how you think that's going to affect this team moving forward. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are a, a bunch of level. That's a great story, by the way. Um, <laughs> but the, there are a bunch of uh, layers to this. I think Anita, the first one uh, is uh, let's start with what you mentioned, the sadness that Josh Allen expressed the sorrow uh, over the departure of Dorsey. This was Josh's, he was Josh's handpicked, successor to Brian Dayball. Um, they, of course, he had joined the Bills in 2019. Dorsey did as quarterbacks coach. Uh, that was Josh Allen's third, uh, excuse me, second season with the team. So um, right away, you know, and, and the fact that Dorsey had played quarterback in the league, they formed a bond, a kinship, a trust, a huge one. And, and Jim really, I mean, uh, Josh really felt this sense of connection uh, that, um, frankly, um, in my view, what was almost unbreakable, like like he, there, it was destined that when Dayball left, Dorsey was going to be the guy because Josh wanted them to be the guy. And Josh is the all the hope, all the future, all of anything the Bills have uh, for this Super Bowl window, uh, which maybe you put in air quotes now. Um, the, you know, Dorsey was going to be a part of that. So the fact that Dorsey is gone or this decision was made, um, obviously wasn't going to play well with Josh because Josh has to feel largely responsible. His poor play, his 
or, or I should say his turnovers, which which equates poor, but certainly not the consistent uh, dominance, even though there are some positive numbers with Josh, and as there should be, he's really talented. But he knows he had a lot to do with Dorsey's departure, just as he did with his arrival. And the decision to do this, uh, you know, less than, than 24 hours after that uh, disastrous Monday night loss to Denver, disastrous because, um, yeah, the, the offense wasn't great, but Dorsey's role in that loss on the list of reasons why they lost it, it. I don't even know if it makes, it maybe makes the top five barely. It's mostly uh, about incompetence in, in other ways. Um, and, and the fact that the, the defense, which is in the hands of Sean McDermott ultimately can't stop a, a last, you know, a closeout moment here can't stop Russell Wilson and the Broncos. And then the 12 men on the field that, that gives the Broncos that second try shorter distance to win the game with the field goal uh, as time expires unconscionable and again that falls on coaching uh sean mcdermott the special teams uh coach every everybody you want to add it up uh it's there and then why are they trying to change from a dime defense to a, a field goal block um grouping at that point uh so many questions that were lingering that had nothing really to do with ken dorsey and yet that's the change that's made on a short week, uh, no less, to face the Jets. Uh, so um, th this is this is really one of those situations that has, I think, a larger ramification even beyond the the, the uh, replacement of Ken Dorsey with Joe Brady, the quarterbacks coach. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre, right? Ken Dorsey is not out there trying to count how many men are on the field in the special teams. Um, you know, you, you you mentioned Josh Allen. It's really interesting. If you look at the statistics, uh, the Buffalo Bills offensively top, you know, first, second, third in so many statistical categories when it comes to offense. Yet again, Josh Allen leading the league in interceptions. Right. So um, wh why is that? Wh what's going on with Josh this season that he's so interception prone? Great question, Anita. I, I mean, I think. Um... Again, I don't think there's a simple answer, but it does start with Josh and whatever is in his head, because we we saw these problems right uh, off the bat, right with that season opener at MetLife Stadium against the Jets. The the four turnovers, three picks, and a and a fumble. He didn't. He looked like a quarterback uh, who was forcing things, who who was not comfortable who was and and honestly the the stage this this opener this this primetime opener was suddenly too big for a guy that at this stage of his career shouldn't shouldn't be experiencing that just shouldn't he's had enough of those big moments you know short of of course a super bowl but certainly uh big stages and Josh Allen national attention both in terms of games and and what he what he's able to to gain from that off the field because of his success in, in in commercial endorsements i mean why did he look like a guy that all of a sudden uh you know stumbled into a, a oh my god this is an nfl stadium how do i handle this and that look that emptiness in his eyes that you know that that vacancy we we've seen it multiple times this season but especially uh, in that opener and and also in another Monday night game, this one being at home, of course, against the Broncos. So 
what whatever is in his head is is that now should should there be accountability on the part of Ken Dorsey for whatever wasn't coached out of Josh the the you know the errors the turnovers yes of course that's part of the job of of a coordinator to do that too um, but also Joe Brady, who was part of that. He, he was the quarterback's coach. He's the daily day-to-day fundamental coach, right? Uh, your quarterback's coach. And so there was a fail failure there. Um, even though he's the one now, and he's, and he's of course in an interim role. Uh, I, I when that happens, you're, you're most cases, you're not looking as him as a solution as much as a convenient placeholder, but so, so there was that. Uh, the coaching shortcoming. Um, I know that, you know, there was a lot of discussion before the season on the part of Sean McDermott that Josh should run less, that, that he's got to protect himself more physically uh, when he, when he does run or, or limit those runs and do most of his work from the pocket. Uh, And there's been some theories uh, that that has gotten in Josh's way, gotten in his head uh, in indecision about what to do, uh, as things are breaking down, his ad lib ability has been a hallmark of his success, right? The movement and then throwing on the run or tucking, tucking the ball in and, and barreling over people, 6'5", 237, 240, and fast and athletic. Um, so those are qualities that he's used to his best advantage. You haven't seen as much of. And then there's another thought that have things changed because Sean McDermott now wears the head of defensive coordinator in addition to head coach when he nudged out Leslie Frazier in the off season to take over that role um, McDermott, it could be argued coaches like a defensive coordinator more than an, than a CEO, a, a guy who really sees a bigger picture, because if you're coaching with the defense in mind, you tend to coach an, an offense, not to put the defense in a bad position, right? That's that's the core philosophy usually of defensive-minded head coaches, and uh, and and there is some thinking that that has contributed to perhaps holding some things back and or limiting uh, Sean's ability to to really see more than he needs to see or get more involved with what's happening on the other side of the ball because uh, he's got to prepare defensive game plans. He's got to sit in meetings with that group, he's got to do more things than what comes across his desk as a head coach. Wow. There, there's a lot to digest there. Again, Vic Carucci joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, been covering uh, the Buffalo Bills for quite a while now. Um, what about Stefan Diggs, right? His brother came out this week after the loss. Oh, you know, he's got to get out of Dodge. He's got to get out of Buffalo. Um, disgruntled. We've seen in the past. What is, I mean, is that playing a role in Josh uh, struggling here? You know, a lot of times, listen, you know, again, I, I've played the position before, obviously not to this level with any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, when you've got a player who's constantly like, hey, I'm open, hey, get me the ball, get me the ball, get me the ball. I want so many targets per game and you want to make that player happy. A lot of times you don't take what the defense is giving you because you are putting more of a priority of keeping a player happy. Is that happening at all here, Vic? Of course, pretty much when, when things aren't going well, when you're, when you're having a season that's falling so far short of expectation, 
everything's on the table, including that. And we certainly know a, a history, if you want to take it back to the bitterly disappointing divisional playoff loss at home against Cincinnati last January, uh, and, and you know, digs the demonstrative stuff that the, the cameras picked up on during the game, uh, the guy who was storming out of the locker room that we all saw in the, the when I say we, the media being, excuse me, in the tunnel uh, area as, as he's doing this, um, just just as the rest of the full t- squad is getting into the locker room, he's already out of uniform and on his way up the tunnel and out and had to be coaxed into returning uh, probably for the whatever post-game remarks Sean McDermott was going to make. So there was that. There was missing all the off-season workouts. Uh and, and there was in, in variations, not as not as specific as um, as any you know forthcoming as anyone really wanted to be. But Josh addressing it, uh, Diggs eventually addressing it in training camp. You know what was going on? What was the the air and Sean McDermott too? Uh, that there was some sort of airing of grievance on the part of Diggs to the point where during a, the the mandatory uh, mini camp where he was present to take a physical, didn't get on the field for the first day of it. Uh, and and the thought was that he was sent home basically because he, uh, w- you know, was there was a disagreement over either the, I don't know if it was the playbook or the, or the general feel of things, but it, it was a, I think the, the competitive standard, I, I, I think it, I don't think it was, you know, a player upset that he's not being paid enough. I think as a player, a, because he's he's getting paid quite a bit, but I think it was more about a player questioning the direction of the of the whole team. Uh, that's what it felt like. Now he has since done his part, I guess, to tam tam that down um, more or less. But then you know we get into the season, and again he is. It's not like he's being ignored. Um, wasn't targeted a ton, of course, in that game Monday night, uh, and and top receivers always want to be uh, the focal point uh, of the offense. So, so you keep that in mind, but I, I'm not going to call him a guy who is, because his numbers <laughs> suggest that he's very much, you know, involved with what's happening offensively or not happening, but he's, you know, when, when there are a lot of, you know, when they're, when they're, when the passing game is rolling, Stefan Diggs is a huge part of that. However, um, the the thing that that raised a big alarm this week is is that game that night of of the game uh, when his brother Trayvon uh, from the Cowboys tweets you know about his you know fourteen meaning Diggs you know has to get up on on out of there out of Buffalo whatever and then uh, the next day also tweets Trayvon does that you know basically Allen wasn't. Allen until Diggs got till his brother got there, uh, which I would never I would not argue with that one bit. And then about 10 minutes after that second tweet on on uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, we find out that Ken Dorsey is fired. So um, and, and yesterday, Stefan was asked, obviously, about his brother's comments. Um, basically, he said, that's that's him, not me. Um, I you know, but but he you know, they're close. I, I don't think there's any denying that they talk uh, as brothers talk. Now, whether, you know, do we, it's fair to speculate that Trayvon is, is perhaps uh, sharing thoughts that he hears from his brother about his situation there. But, but 
Stefan had all the room to, uh, you know, plausible deniability, I guess is the, is the term, you know, just to, just to basically say that's his brother's opinion. Uh, and he voiced it and just, you know, it's somebody else. It's not me. I'm not the one saying it or whatever. And I thought he was, I'm not saying he was necessarily super coy, but he did a, he was deft in his handling of that question. And those, those tweets or X's, whatever we call them now from uh, Trayvon, uh, Diggs, uh, you know, leaves, you know, something in the air about maybe Stefan's happiness or lack thereof. Absolutely. Uh, Vic, really quick, before we let you go, we only have a few minutes left. Um, your thoughts on this matchup. Uh, we know how uh, this defense, especially the secondary, not having Matt Milano, uh, but this is not a Jets offense that is scoring a lot of points. Uh, what do you think game script? How do you think this plays out? Who wins? Uh, give it to us. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Bills, um, but I but I don't. There's not a game on the schedule, and and that included Monday nights where I said this should be. You know, I'll I'll say it should be a win, but not surprised if they lose. So I guess I've got the same attitude toward this one. I expect the win because I can't fathom uh, Zach Wilson uh, beating you know, beating the Bills. Now, the defense of the Jets, we know is strong. It, it could make this one a game where the Jets can hang around uh, long enough, just as they, as they did on that Monday night game, long enough for maybe one or two plays to, to make the difference. But uh, as beat up as the Bills are defensively, and, you know, I didn't even get into that, but we know a bunch of their key starters are out, yet they have been overcoming that. That has not been their problem, frankly, uh, that defense. Uh, and in terms of it overachieving minus Matt Milano and, and Tredavious White and a very limited, I think, still Von Miller. Uh, but I, but I, I, again, as crucial as, as we get down, as the clock continues to tick, uh, they would still be out of nothing if they lost, per se, mathematically, but the, the body blows are there. And, and you're at five and five, and, and if you go to five and six, and and you suffer yet another division loss, a, a sixth conference loss is what it would be. Um, the math just makes it so untenable, I think, to to win a division. But that pathway remains because what is Miami going to do? Because if Miami falls off a cliff, which I, I don't think either of us would necessarily be shocked if that happens, because it it just can. Uh, Buffalo could step in and, and get in as a division winner, get into the postseason. But um, I, I just think that this could be an ugly game, but uh, but I'm I'm going with the Bills to win it. Again, Vic Carucci joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, uh, 800-919-3776 is the phone number. We'll take your calls. We'll do an even deeper dive into this matchup when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN Radio.